I want to talk to us this morning about the idea of recovering our passion for Jesus, our, our spiritual passion, our joy. You know, because there, if we're honest, there are times that we're just not feeling it. There's a quote by Adrian Tozer I put up here on the on the screen, and Adrian Tozer is a, a pastor and a theologian, and and listen to what he says here: You can be as straight as a gun barrel theologically, and as empty as one spiritually. See, God just didn't come to reveal this great information and truth about Him. God came to take these incredible big truths about who He is and, and to draw us into an experience where those truths aren't distant thoughts, but actual experiences with Him. And I think there are times that we walk through our daily life and we know the truth, but the experience is far disconnected from what God actually has for us. And today I want to talk to you about how you can recover that spiritual path, and I want to tell you what to do to recover your spiritual path. And what's encouraging is that in these verses that we're reading here in 7 Kings chapter 6, the first four verses, this video is that story here. You have Elijah and the company of prophets. These are people that are learning from him. They're taking in this incredible truth about who God is and what God wants to do. In a time where it is very hard to find God's presence, it is very hard to find anything good in the world. And so they would come together and they would learn and they would encourage one another and they would draw deeply from the Word of God and get all these incredible truths, but something different was happening. It wasn't just information in their head. The circumstances were happening around them, but yet this incredible truth about who God is and what He's like and what He wants to do in the living life started to resonate with them and they started to live it. And as a result, people started to come to it like uh, people wandering around in the desert looking for water. It was like a breath of fresh air that was blowing within God's people. And so they were coming together and all these great things were happening in this company of prophets, this group of people, if you will, these early disciples in the Old Testament, were coming together and they outgrew the place that they were at. And so they come to Elijah and they're like, man, we got to do something. We've got to have a bigger place. We're going to make more room for what's going on. And so they step out, and Elijah says, let's do it, let's go. And it's like, so they go to the Jordan where there's a lot of trees, they start cutting down trees, building a house, for them to come together to be encouraged and to continue to grow in their experience with God. And then something happens. In the middle of all the joy and the expectation and the experience, everything comes to a speaking halt, and we learn in verse 5, that as they were working, the axe head flew off of its handle and they were no longer allowed to work. Now, what I want you and I to wrap our hearts around is that there are times in our lives, as a believer, that we can think about God's Spirit moving in powerful ways in our life and things are going along just fine and the experience is there, and then we lose it somewhere along the way. It's like, it's almost like God has forsaken us. It's almost like the Holy Spirit has left us. It's almost like there's this incredible disconnect between this truth and this goodness that we know about God and the way we feel and experience it in our daily lives. We become theologically full but spiritually empty. And we get to a point where we're just not in it. 
it's good to know that there are people in the Bible that have similar experiences. So let's pick up a passage here and look at our first principle of what to do to recover a fruit and pass them. In verse 5 it says this, But as one of them was throwing a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, because he was a borrowed. The first principle I want you to understand about recovering your spiritual passion is you have to admit you lost it. You have to admit you lost it. See, for us in church sometimes, we like to keep up appearances. And so we'll go through the motions, we'll say the phrases, we'll, we'll go through the routines, we'll sit in rooms, we'll sit in Bible studies, and we never really dig deep enough, we never really trust enough to open up to talk about where we really are. See, we can come, we can have all the information, we can be in a room with people that, that seem to have it all together, and on the inside, be wasting away and empty on the inside. It seems like all activity of the Holy Spirit has stopped in our midst, and we're just done. But we're here. And this guy is standing in the middle of all that's going on. His act had disappeared. His work shut down. His life, his experience, his participation in what God has and comes to a stop. And he can go on business as usual, or he can admit that he's lost it. You see, I want us to understand something. Notice that he just didn't admit that he lost it. He cried out and said, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. You know what he's saying here? It is a cry, it is a scream of desperation. So he's standing there realizing that he's lost it and, 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 and he saw this incredible loss that he was about to experience. But going through the returns is going to be empty. Just, you know, operating in my own strength is not going to be enough. Then you're swinging an axe handle without the, the edge and the passion in my life. is not going to get me any closer to Jesus. And he just got to the point where he said, Oh, I'm no matter. He just cried out. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I've lost it. And it needs to be recovered. I mean, what would it be like if we actually allowed ourselves to feel our experiences deeply? See, everything about our culture teaches us otherwise. Negative experiences, you keep them arms like you keep them distance, you never let them in, you never deal with them, you just, you push them, you, you push them all to the side. But what if we just took away that facade for a moment, and we realize that God sees and knows everything, but what is going on in our life does not surprise Him at all. It doesn't make him love us any less than he has loved us at our best day. It doesn't make God want to run from us, but run to us. What if we actually grasp that truth and we stood there and we realized that without him, everything is a See, this is what the Holy Spirit does in the hearts of the believer. You ever wonder why a martyr? Would not just simply deny Jesus to tell that little black woman to preserve the very life. You ever wonder that I'm going to forgive that woman? Here's the one. And I don't know because I'm not martyr, but from everything I've read of people that have laid it all down for their faith, to them, losing their life is not a loss. Using their wings is not a loss. Using their tongues 
is never lost. Losing their freedom is never lost. Losing Jesus, losing the connection with the Holy Spirit, that fellowship, that connection, that's it. I'd rather stop breathing than to lose Jesus. I want you to understand that kind of relationship isn't just for glory. It's for anybody and everybody that's willing to come. It's for anybody and everybody that's willing to ask the Lord's will, not for salvation, but to be filled. Help me be more aware of you every day of my life, Holy Spirit. Help me to trust you with this decision, Holy Spirit. Help me to feel your presence and your wisdom, Holy Spirit. Lead and guide me into all truth, Holy Spirit. Fill my heart until I desire nothing more than Jesus, Holy Spirit. If you live in with that conscious, everyday connection with Jesus, it's like oxygen. You have to breathe it in and you have to let it out. And when Jesus talks about that I have come to give you life abundantly, he's not talking about streets of gold and a mansion in glory. He's talking about the experience here in life. He wants it to be abundant today. Whatever the circumstances are, you don't need a change of circumstances for your life to be abundant today. You don't need better circumstances to feel the Holy Spirit jump up with joy in your life. You don't need different circumstances to wake up and, and, and to rejoice in what God has for you. You don't need different circumstances to trust Jesus. You don't need different circumstances to experience Jesus. You don't need anything other than the Holy Spirit in and every experience of life. Whether things are going great or they're not. Paul said he learned his teacher to be content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's like, as long as that connection with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is flowing through my life, it doesn't matter what happens. I already have everything. We've got to get to that point in our life. And he cried out aloud, but borrow, which brings us to our second thing that we need to do. To restore passion. Acknowledge that it's better. That experience is better. See, so many of us treat God like He's a better person. We look at Christianity like we pray, God sends stuff, we use it, and everything's good. God is pleased with us because we've done the right thing. See, we think that, that God wants to give stuff to us so that we can do things for Him. Theologically, that is very incomplete, and I would also press the same thing with you. Jesus did not die to give you stuff. Jesus died on the cross, raised from the dead, sent the Holy Spirit so that you could experience Him face to face. Jesus died to restore a broken relationship. To redeem somebody who is wasting away and wanted to bring back all that good that we desire and struggle and try to achieve on our own, God wanted to bring it back in a redemption, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and show us 
and it was the very same God that started with you. See what the Bible teaches us is that God wants to do life with us. What's to do life with us? Because anything else makes the cross useless. God the Father can send down commands without sending a son, saying, step up or you're done. You send a son down and say, hey, this is my message, this is what it's supposed to look like. Get it together. I'm not going to do it for you. That's not what happens. God the Father says, I want you to know my holiness and how perfect I am. I want you to realize what you want, that your relationship, your identity, your image, anything that's good, that I want to give you is going to sort it and rob for you. Someone said, Jesus, to show you what that relationship was supposed to look like. I want to show you what it's like to have passion for me, to run to me at 3 o'clock in the morning and pray on a mountaintop until the sun comes up. I want you to know the joy that comes that when you follow me, the Holy Spirit comes and rests on you and you hear the voice of God saying, this is my beloved Son who lives within you. I'm pleased with Him, therefore I'm pleased with you. I want you to experience that. I want you to know that. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to heart to leap and skip a beat. See, this is what God has for us daily. And He gives it to us by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, you think I'm often having you face to face to look at me, but I'm telling you, I'm going to go away and what I give you is better. Exponentially better. Greater than better. It's emphatic language. It's like, this is big. This is bigger than anything you could ask or imagine. I'm going to send the Spirit of God to live with inside every believer so that you don't have to go on a hunt for me. You don't have to go to a temple to find me. You don't have to rely on a priest for me. You don't have to come hunt down the hill with Jesus and find him. I'm going to dwell within you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you have to go no further than a silent moment where you are in your daily experience. So in Christianity, we think that we do things for God. God's like, I want to do things in and through you. I want to do things with you. And it's something that God gives us. It's something that we can't manufacture, and when we lose it, we can't replace it. The only way we can get it is to go back to the source, to find it. How did we come back into a close personal relationship with the God who deeply loves and cares for us? It's borrowing. It means a few things. It means we have to ask for it. It means that it's a truth that we need to care for it like it belongs to someone else and not just us. So there's an element of respect and reverence. And most importantly, we acknowledge that at some point we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back to the earth. So God gives us the Holy Spirit, this spiritual life, this, this love and this grace and this, this identity. and something that we can ask for. And God graciously gives us this wonder to us. It's yours and abundant. You can't ask for enough. There is more to me than you can possibly imagine. Ask and you will receive. 
Another way that we respond to the Holy Spirit is to grieve Him. And that's where we turn from positive ambition to fear of God. This is where we stand. This is where the Holy Spirit says, I want to satisfy you. I want to be your joy. I want to be your comfort. I want to be your peace. I'm going to give you identity and purpose and worth. And you're like, no, I'm going to find all of those things from the world. I'm going to turn to this. I'm going to turn to this. And we rebel against it. This is where believing starts to resist. And we believe in have you ever seen somebody grieving? Uncontrollable sorrow. Just the, the, the crying, and it's almost like nothing's coming out, and the body is just convulsing. Have you ever seen that? That's the language of the New Testament. Have you ever felt your insides just turn up? Because you said, Sin creates a disconnect. The fourth way, we can interact with the Holy Spirit. Sending the relation to touch by living by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. This turn on saying, only you can give me life. I am completely dependent. I want you. I desire you. I, I, I can't do this without you, and I don't want to do this without you. And then you walk every day in that dependence, trusting that it's his spirit, his comfort, his presence that is going to satisfy, that is going to carry, that is going to comfort, that is going to bring you joy, that is going to bring you peace. It's going to give you courage, it's going to give you wisdom, it's going to help you overcome, it's going to help you be joy, it's going to help you rest. Every experience of life, I'm walking with him because his life. See, we have to be willing to go back to where we lost it. We have to go back to that point, maybe where we resisted, where we quenched, where we grieved, and start walking with Him again. And last but not least, we need to trust divine power for it to come. See, second Kings. Six, verse six. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? And when he showed him the plague, he cut off the stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron float. Now think about this for a second. The man that lost it goes back to that moment where he lost it, and the first thing is just do more. Try harder. Pick up where you left off. Apply yourself. Elijah teaches him a very powerful illustration. Go back to the place, ask for God to move, and wait. See, the church reminds us of the cross. The power of the cross that bridges the separation between where we are and where God wants us to be. It is through that that everything good rises up in our life. See, it's that moment that we begin our faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us and that's who we're trusting and only God can raise the spiritually dead. 
Only God can heal the spiritually broken. Only God can fill the spiritually empty. Only God can encourage the spiritually depressed. Only God can set free the spiritually oppressed. It's God's house. It's God's anointing. It's His Holy Spirit. It's your job is to come and say, I return, I desire, God please. And then we wait, and we trust, and we rest, and the promise is that God will rise up in us. That the Holy Spirit will fill us. And as the Holy Spirit fills us, then we find the strength to take whatever step you need to take next. It's there that we find our passion and our joy once again. It's there where we get back to work because we're following and resting in the power of Jesus. It's the idea of abiding. The Bible is simply this, I'm choosing to attach myself to Jesus. I'm choosing to dwell and walk with the Holy Spirit. I'm attaching myself to His desire, His heart, His voice, His wisdom, His strength. I'm trusting in Him for all things. It's not complicated. It's not mysterious. It's just saying, I'm going to find empty wealth and success and money and, and vacations or whatever I turn to for comfort. It's coming back saying, I'm not going to find anything good except in God alone and I'm turning to Him. And it's, I'm meditating on Him. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about His goodness. I'm listening to music about Him that praises Him, that brings truth to life because it fills my heart. It's listening to the Word of God because I don't even have the emotional energy to read two sentences together and follow along. I'm hitting that play button on my Bible app and I'm listening to the Word of God fill my heart and mind. I'm immersing myself in the truth of who God is and believing that what He has promised and what He has done is done. And it's there that we take our first spiritual breath once again. It is that moment by moment rhythm. And before you know it, we have five minutes where we experience Jesus and we can't remember the last time we had five minutes. And before you know it, it's like, I'm having a few hours here in the room. I'm just going to fill my heart with some great morning. And then it's like, you know, over time, it's like, this might have been a really good day, even though the circumstances are amazing. I don't know God here, I'm listening to his strength, I'm calling him, listening to him. I don't have a question in my house, but I know that I can walk with him and cast his strength. I've had a day. And I can't remember a time where I've had a day. In the day, I have to reach and reach out to my not a perfect circumstances, but a deep awareness that there is not any goodness in your life. That God is not willing to walk with you. That God is not willing to do life with you. That God is not willing to sustain you. That God is not willing to give you everything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's left is the one question. Will I accept it? First, it's again. And Elijah said, Take it on. I've got it to the first one. And he said, Oh, 
Will you reach out to him, your heart, and raise your hand on his feet? To let go of yourself alive, to turn away from the ways that you just take well and read the Holy Spirit, and just receive a simple answer today. Just embrace him. Take me to I to you. Let the Holy Spirit be life in you so you can walk with you. This is life. This is our life. You recover the spiritual compassion. What would you say? Every good What are you asking? Are you here for like you need to recover your passion, your heart, your joy in the world again? I want you to think about what it is that took away your heart and your mind that caused that disconnect in your life. Was it a moment where you resisted? Quenched, grieved? So you stand there like the water goes, and all of your hopes and dreams and power and whatever experience that was, whatever fear that was, whatever doubt that was, whatever sin that was, whatever act of pride that was, you're standing there and you're seeing your hopes and dreams kind of murky and watery at the bottom. Would you ask? Jesus, would you believe that Jesus is enough to bring all of that back up into the surface so that you can take it into your life again? That God doesn't want to hold your sin against you? That God does not want to be far from you? That God does not want you to live an empty and void spiritual life? So you're standing there, and whatever it is, you're holding down that spirit in your life, would you say, God, release me from that guilt. Release me from that pain. Release me from that burden. Would you bring your spirit back to the surface again in my life? And I just want to hold you. I want to grab onto it tight and cherish it each and every day. That's the experience of Christianity. God, I just want to know you. I want to hold on to you today. I just want to believe you. I want to trust you today. I just want to hear your voice today and know that you're with me today. That's the offer. And if you're here in this room and, and you're thinking, man, I've never had that kind of relationship. I've never had that kind of heart. I've never had that kind of passion. God wants to give that to you today. That's called salvation. It's where you become 
spiritually alive. The Bible says that we're dead in our rebellion and our resistance of God, and that in Christ we're alive. We're made alive with God. That means that the Spirit of God, His very life, comes, and we can hear God and sense God in a personal way. And He says, the way you see that today is by faith. It's just simply by saying, I want that, and I trust that, and I know that I can't do it on my own because I'm sinning. So God, take residence up in my life. If that's your decision today, then you know that the God of peace can be with you today when you leave here by faith. The Bible says that he who believes has this life, this growing up life, this spirit living within them. You can leave here today with them. For those of you that know that you've had that kind of experience in your life, you've felt the spirit in your heart before. But he's grown cold and distant to you. Today, you can by faith release all of these things and ask for God to fill you once again. God never gets tired of hearing that prayer. God never gets weary of hearing you say, God, I desire more of you. It's the very thing that Jesus wants. It's the very thing that the Father desires. It's the very thing that the Holy Spirit is craving to spend moment by moment with you to laugh with you, to cry with you, to work with you, to rest with you, to have joy with you, to have peace and comfort. God wants to be a part of every experience of your life so that you're full, full of Him, full of love and grace and peace and hope and passion. It's just standing there saying, God, help me. Within your reach because Jesus has paid it all. It's the desire of his heart. Take it in.